Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Fantastic. Why don't you give somebody a hug before you take a seat? I've said this before. Tell them they look beautiful. They smell beautiful. You're glad you're sitting next to them. Just one day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I know we say it every week. But can I encourage you? The reason we encourage people to be in church every week is just because of that reason. Just one day in your courts is better than a thousand. Something can happen in a moment. I love what it says in all through the Bible. It says, now it happened on a day. I believe that churches are God-ordained, God-appointed time where people can meet with Him. And I've got to tell you, a pastor's worst nightmare is empty chairs. I, I hate empty, I don't say it very often, I hate empty chairs. And I don't want full seats in a full hall because that makes me look good. I want people encountering God. I want people hearing the truth of the Word of God. If we can sow seeds into people's lives, it will change their futures. It, it, people are walking through hell right now and they need to know truth and they need to be given hope and they need to be filled with faith and we can do that every week. Can I please encourage you? Bring somebody to church next week. Trent Membray, Membry, if, if I say Membray, he'll kill me when he gets here. <laughs> Membry is sensational. And I'm telling you, if you know anybody that's caught up in gangs or on drugs or their, their life is a mess, he was on the brink of death. He, and he cried out to God and said, God, if you get me out of this situation, I'll serve you every day of my life. He'd been a meth addict for 10 years beforehand. His, his wife was the, the rival gang leader's girl and he stole her from him and it was nothing was looking good. And he hasn't touched a thing in 10 years and he's now the senior minister, like not one thing, not alcohol, not drugs, nothing. God supernaturally set him free. And now he just travels around preaching the gospel, running an, an amazing church and seeing miracles everywhere he goes. I want to encourage you, get people in a church, get people that you don't think would ever come to church and tell them, you're not as radical as the guy that's going to speak this Sunday. You need to come to church. Put a challenge out there to let's fill this place because this it's, it's, it's the power of their testimony. His testimony will glorify God and lives will be changed. Amen. And uh, last week, I just want to let you know, if I'm ever not in church, I'm not out surfing, I'm preaching somewhere. Because Drew asked me how the waves were last Sunday because I wasn't here. But uh, I was actually at C3 Rabina down on the Gold Coast. So I got up at 5 a.m., drove down there, went and saw Nicole and, and Manos at their place on the Gold Coast. And then I drove back up and sp spoke at C3 Kiwana last Sunday night. Uh, and it was Pentecost Sunday, where we, so we were talking about the power of God, that the, the Spirit of God had been poured out upon the church and was still being poured out today. And we saw salvations, we saw great healings and miracles. I prayed for a lady uh, that had a broken back and instantly she said the pain left. I prayed for a lady that had um, uh, muscular dystrophy and she was fed intravenously. She couldn't talk properly and her throat didn't work properly. And she came back about half an hour after service and said, I've just drunk my first cup of tea uh, that I've had in three years. Uh, and so God was moving on people. There was people that had paralysis on their face and pain in their head and it left instantly. And I give all the glory to God, but because we serve a miracle working God, a powerful God, amen. So, but I do just want to encourage you, if I'm not here, it's not that I decided to have a day off, I will never miss church. Church is, church is number one in my world. I will put God first every week, every weekend. I will be in the house of God. So if I'm not here, please know I'm not sunning myself. 
There's, there has been a time where I've thought about it, but I will not do it. I will be in church. Amen? Amen. Fantastic. Let's thank the team. You guys are brilliant. Thank you, Michael. Love you. You're amazing. Grab your seats. Good job. All right, who's ready for the word this morning? I need you to fire up. Michelle's going to get me going. The, the message this morning is the truth about following Jesus. Everybody say the truth about following Jesus. Because I think sometimes there's can, some misconceptions about what it means to follow Jesus and what my life should look like following Jesus, etc., etc. And uh, I was just thinking as I was preparing the message for this morning, and I can't, it was like a year ago or so, Noah went away on camp. And so we got up real early, five o'clock or something, dropped him to school, all the kids loaded onto the buses, and they drove out to their camp venue site, wherever they were, I can't even remember where it was or what it was, no, and uh, when they arrived, all the kids had to grab their backpacks, and the, the team leader, the camp leader, was leading them in to camp, and Noah said, Dad, it was just unbelievable, we just walked for hours and hours, and he said it was like, seriously, like three hours, they, they got their gear, they're lugging it the whole way through, and they finally get to camp, do camp, do the whole thing, and uh, had a great time, scratched with lantern, uh, ripped to pieces, no sleep, kids throwing up because they had too many lollies. He says, Dad, on the day that we were leaving, they let us out again, and it took 15 minutes. And what had happened was the camp leader, that, what they didn't realize, they're, they're following the lead, and they were walking round and round in circles. <laughs> And they did, it, they did it intentionally, just to, if the kids would follow them. And they just, nobody asked questions. Nobody, they just walked round and round for three hours on a journey that took 15 minutes if they took the direct route. And I thought about that as I was preparing this, um, this message this morning. I thought, is it just me? Or does that sound like being a Christian and following Jesus? Does it feel like sometimes... You're walking. <laughs> and walking. And walking. Have you ever heard the saying, God takes a long time to move quickly? Sometimes I think there's a process to the journey, or there's method to the madness. But I know a lot of people that started walking the journey with Christ when I became a Christian that aren't today. And I've got to ask myself the question, why'd they stop walking? Why'd they stop journeying? Why'd they stop following? Because they would have eventually got to where, but perhaps there was something for them to learn along the journey. Perhaps the direct route wasn't the best route for their life, but God had something for them on the journey that would make them all that he'd called them to be. Amen? Yeah. And you know, that being said, and I know I'm simple, but I thought when I asked Jesus Christ into my life that life was meant to be simple. And it was meant to be easy and convenient, right? It, I asked Jesus into my life. I thought I was jumping on this lovely gondola ride that was going <laughs> to carry me through life at a peaceful pace where I could observe the view. I could, I could watch all of God's creation and his plans unfold. It, it says in his word, I've, I've got plans and purposes for your life. I know what they are. They're good. Their plans to bless you and, and, to, and to prosper you, not to hurt you or harm you. Yeah. Where's the gondola? Where's the chauffeur? What are those little bikes in, in Thailand where they ride you? Where's the rickshaw? I just want to sit in the back of the rickshaw and make my way through life. I thought magically all my troubles would seem so far away. They'd be gone. 
They wouldn't. But it's not like that. Who, who, who has those thoughts? Is it just me in my delusional state laying on my bed at night going, why is this so hard? God, where are the people? What's going on? Why do I have to work so hard? Anyway, maybe it's just me. But I had a thought. Having faith in Jesus doesn't make things perfect. It doesn't. But it does make them possible. When I step into life in Christ, when I ask Jesus into my life, it doesn't magically make everything perfect, but it does make it possible. I love what it says uh, in, in Matthew 19, 26. It says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. And I want to tell you this morning, Michelle, our God is an 11th hour God. He does take a long time to move. All things are possible. Don't give up hope. Don't give up in faith. Keep believing for that miracle and we're going to be standing with you because your sister is a woman of God. She's filled with the Spirit of God. He is for her and not against her. And just as the Bible says, no weapon formed against her shall prosper, and we're believing with you for her miraculous delivery. And I tell you, maybe the journey's been a long one, but I believe it's going to be the, the right one in God, in Jesus' name. And you know, just this morning, I just want to say, God's not a, a lucky rabbit's foot to be rubbed, or a genie in a bottle that we pull out in, in, in times of trouble. The, the, he's described as a faithful companion that sticks closer than a brother. And I want to encourage you in the deepest, darkest moments of life, that even when you're following Jesus and things aren't going well, he's a faithful companion that, that will stick closer than a brother. And in Proverbs 18, 24, it says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. Sounds like a little proverb, a little ancient Chinese proverb. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I wanted to encourage us this morning from the Bible. I wanted to look at a, a few Bible figures and see how things worked out for them. Because that should be the example for our life, right? Yeah. And because they're in the Bible and because they're men of faith and they're, men, they're heroes of the faith, everything should have gone perfectly for them, right? It should have just been plain sailing and, and their paths made straight before them. That's, that's how it works. Let's encourage ourselves. So first I want to look at Joshua. And Joshua, he was a great man of faith. Uh, you know, a man of discipline. He was godly, a great leader. He was a God seeker. And in fact, he was God's choice to lead his people into the promised land. Right. He'd served Moses. He'd been, he'd been with him when they went through the Red Sea. He'd seen the, the Israelites um, uh, freed from slavery in Egypt. He was there. And, and it says in Joshua 1.8, it says, uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and lead my people into the promised land. How awesome is that? God's chosen him to lead his people into the promised land. God made a promise to his people. Hundreds of years later, this is about to come to pass. It is, it's about to come to pass that, that God's people are going to enter into their promised land. A land dripping with milk and honey. How awesome. Gondolas, rickshaws, chauffeurs, no hardships. We're entering in to the promised land. Yet if I read on a few more chapters, I find that even in the promised land, Joshua and the Israelites had to face many situations and circumstances. They had to overcome many adversities. In fact, I, I looked at they, Joshua and the Israelites defeated 31 kings and 31 kingdoms whilst in the promised land. God will lead you to a place, but there will still be a fight in that place. Just that because I follow Jesus, it doesn't make life easy. It doesn't make life perfect. But I will get to the other side because with Jesus, all things are possible. And, you know, God had called Joseph to lead the people. 
to the promised land that he was going to give to him, but they had to fight. What is with that? God, what are you doing? Do you understand what you're doing? Yes, he does. But what's going on? Have you ever found yourself in that place? God, you, you asked me to do this. What's going on? Why am I in the middle of this situation? What's going on? Now, it says in Hebrews 11, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things yet not yet seen. And, you know, God never promised that life would be easy, but he did promise that he'd never leave us nor forsake us. And I want to encourage somebody here this morning that's working, walking through a tough time, that's facing a challenge, that's, God, I'm, I'm holding on to my faith, but just barely. I, I believe in you, but God, why am I facing this thing? He says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And, and, and if, you will, if you will still yourself, be still and know that I am God. If you will slow yourself down, Isaiah 40, 31, those that wait upon the Lord will re renew their strength. You may be feeling like strength is draining from you. You don't have to try harder, just wait on God. Yeah. Just wait for him and his intervention in the middle of your situation because all things are possible to those who believe. And as I was reading this, I realized God didn't tell Joshua to enjoy the journey or that now that you're the man, it's going to be plain sailing. He said, be strong and courageous to be strong and courageous, knowing that if he focused on him, that he would then make his way successful and prosperous. I believe God is calling each of us to be strong and courageous. I believe he's called us to certain things in him, to do great things, to lead people, to enter into our promised land. God has a promised land for each and every one of us here this morning that he's calling you towards. There will be some battles to be fought. There will be some adversaries that you will face. But he's saying, be strong and courageous. Keep walking forward, looking to me, because I will get you through. I will get you through this fight. I will get you through this challenge. With me, we can do it. Keep focused on me. God instructed Joshua not to look at his circumstance, but to ra rather to focus on his truth. And in Joshua, it says, it says, do not let the law of the Lord depart from your mouth. Only be strong and courageous. So just, just looking at the truth about following Jesus, and I hope I'm encouraging people here this morning, is number one is following Jesus is not always convenient. It's not always, con I wish it was. I wish it was like, I got Jesus with me. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord. I, I, Melissa loves my singing. Wait till, wait till I start dancing. <laughs> nah, the hips won't let me. The hips are... Following Jesus is not always convenient. And the truth of the matter is we would probably all love it to be convenient. We would love it that we, we wave that magic Jesus wand and everything works perfectly. But again, there's a journey to be walked. And looking at Noah, Noah found out very quickly. He was, he was 500 when he got the call of God to build the ark. Awesome. Go and build an ark. The very thing that I'm going to use to save humanity, I've called you to do. There's going to be a great flood. There's going to be water coming out of the sky. I'm going to flood the earth, but you build this ark. And he built it for 75 to 120 years, the estimates are. He, he faithfully built the ark that God called him to build. Nobody had ever seen rain before that. Nobody ever, he, was, he didn't just build the ark. He had to fight against, against adversaries. He had to fight against ridicule. He had to fight against everybody that thought he was a, a nutcase. But what is going on? Maybe 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. 50 years, I'd be standing there scratching my head going, did you ask me to build this God? Because everything around me is saying I'm an idiot. Everybody around me hates me. My family is questioning me. Did you really call me to do this? I've been doing this for 50 years and I'm not really close to the finish line yet. 
And, 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 but his, his purpose in life became the vision that God had gave him. So he fought and he rallied against everybody else, every other voice, every other thing that was trying to stop him, achieve what God had called him to, and in the end he built the ark. And what he built, what he fought for, what he, he rallied against was the very thing that God used to save humanity. I don't, I don't think we necessarily understand when we are walking through challenges and hardships what God has actually called us to build and what the outworking of our obedience will be on the other side of completion of the very thing that God called us to do, be and build. Amen? But I love it because... Okay, let me put it in terms for us today. He was asked to build an ark. Really? I don't know that it's working. I haven't seen rain. I haven't seen water. I, haven't, I don't know if this is working. God, did you really tell me to marry that girl? That guy? God, did you really tell me to have those kids? Did you really tell me to start that business? Did you, did you really tell me to, to buy that house? Let, let's just contextualize it a little bit for ourselves. God, did you really? God, did you really? Because I thought when you called me and I heard that voice and I knew it was you, that it would be easy from that point on. Anything worth having is worth fighting for. And anything that God gives us, the devil will contend for. We have to be robust in our faith and, and committed to the journey ahead. I think it says in Psalm 84, 5, blessed are those whose strength in, is in you who have set their heart on pilgrimage. Blessed are those, happy, fortunate, prosperous, to be envied is the, is the amplified definition of blessed, are those whose strength is in you. My strength is not in myself. My strength is in the vision that God has given me, the word that he spoke into my spirit. I know he called me forward. I know he called me to do this thing. I know he called me to step out. So even though I'm being battered all around, even though the journey isn't as smooth as smooth, as, smooth, smooth as I thought it would be, too many S's, U's, and F's in that. I'm still going forward. I'm not giving in. And I have a theory. Jesus sometimes let, lets us get uncomfortable in our circumstances to see what we're made of. You know, there's a saying that you don't know what's in a person until they're squeezed. Sometimes I think the circumstance of life squeezes us enough that we, we explode. But God says, get bigger. Get bigger in your circumstance. Get bigger in what you're facing. You know, it says in Isaiah 54, sing, O barren, you who have no child. What is there to sing about when you're barren and all you want is a child? What, what is there to sing about? He says, sing. And, and, and if I've learned anything in life, what you sing about, you bring about. So when you're work, walking a journey, when you're on a rough path, when you're facing challenges, start to sing about the very thing that you want to see in your life. Start to, you know, Paul and Cyrus, they're, they're in jail in the darkest part of the prison at midnight and they start to sing. They start to sing about the praise and the majesty and the glory of God, the power of God. And it says that the walls of the jail are shaken at that time, that their chains fall from their hands and they are free men. I believe that God wants to set people free today. It's not about the circumstance you find yourself in. It's about the, 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 where your heart is at in the moment. Sing. Sing, O barren. Sing when you don't have what you want. Sing when you're not in breakthrough. Sing when you're, you feel like you're chained up and the storms of life are coming against you. Sing anyway because God is worth it. Sing because you're an overcomer. Sing because you live in victory. Sing because God has gone before you. And then watch what he will do in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give him a hand this morning. Being a Christian doesn't change what you deal with. It changes how you deal with it. Because now I'm not doing it on my own. Now I've got a faithful friend who's closer than a brother that is standing beside me saying, we're all right, we're good. Don't worry about everything else. We're good because I'm with you. 
And we, so it doesn't change what I have to go through. It doesn't change what I face. Yeah. But it does change how I respond. You know, and when the times get tough, are you going to give up? Or like Joshua, are you going to be strong and courageous? I see sitting before me today strong and courageous people, strong in their faith, grounded in the word, standing on the truth, believing for their futures, believing for their friends. I see an army of strong men and women that are going to rise up to lead other men and women into the kingdom of God. Amen? Fantastic. All right, the second thing, following Jesus, very encouraging word today, is not always comfortable. It's not always convenient, and it's not always comfortable. Has anybody found that? As it, you know, the, Nick's got double hands at the back. It, it's not always comfortable. God will call you to do things that in and of yourself you don't want to do. He will call you to do things for the betterment of others that you get nothing as a benefit from. God, it, it's not always comfortable to be a Christian. We, we live in a world where, where Christianity is ridiculed. So to stand up for your faith or to be a Christian and to be strong and bold in, in what God calls it's not always comfortable. But it's, all, it's worth it. Let's look at the disciples. It says in John 4, starting in verse 1, it says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had made and baptized more disciples than John, he left the Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. He didn't actually need to go through Samaria. He chose to go through Samaria. And the, the um, Jews would usually walk a long distance around Samaria because the Jews and the Samaritans, they didn't, um, they didn't socialize. They didn't associate with each other. They, there was a different class structure. They didn't want to do business with the Samaritans. They didn't want to associate with the Samaritans. It says, but Jesus had to go through Samaria. I think Jesus chose to go through Samaria. I think Jesus wanted to make a point to his disciples about, about what they should believe, about what they should be prejudiced about. I think he wanted to. It says, so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Uh, now, Jacob's well was there, uh, Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the... I love I loved Bible speak. Sat thus by the well. I'm very thirsty, so I'm going to sat thus by the well <laughs> and wait for someone to get me a drink. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She knew what was going on here. She knew this was unusual. She knew this, didn't, this wasn't a common occurrence. This didn't happen regularly. She's saying, dude, I'm a Samaritan woman, and you're a Jewish man, and you shouldn't be talking to me. I know how this works. But Jesus did anyway. Uh, uh, for Jews, Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. This woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Uh, where do you get this living water from? So the story goes on that Jesus speaks to this woman over, over an extended period of time. And he talks to her about her life. He talks to her about her failings. He said, Bring your husband here. And she says, oh, I don't have a husband. He says, you've answered correctly. You've had five, and the one you're with now is not your husband. And then he goes on graciously to reveal her future in him. I love that. I love that he didn't condemn her. He didn't uh, chastise her. He didn't, he, but he did tell her to go away and sin no more. But what he did was he says, this is where you've been. This is where you are. 
but this is where you're going with me. That you may not understand the journey. It may have been painful. It may have been longer than you thought it would have been. But I am he who can bring true life to your world. I am he that has a, a vision bigger than for, for you for your future. And, and I love this because then it goes, when his disciples returned, they were stunned that Jesus would dare associate, let alone talk to a Samaritan woman. So Jesus, they've sent them away to get some food. He's thirsty, so he waits by a well. A woman comes along that he shouldn't associate or talk with. How often in life do we come across people and we go, ooh, ooh, I don't know if I should associate with them. Ooh, I don't know if they're good enough for me. Ooh, I'm a Christian. I'm, yes, me? Okay. <laughs> Jesus put these, these disciples in a very difficult, uncomfortable situation. And I think he did it intentionally. Yeah. I think he wanted to say to them, I'm no respecter of persons. I have no favorites. It's my desire that all should come to eternal life, right. that all should repent. Jews, Samaritans, any race, any religion, any person, if anybody will come to me and repent and give their heart to me and declare that I am their Lord and Savior, I will save them. I will be in their world. I will fill them with my spirit. I think yeah. Jesus was trying to deal with uh, some prejudices in their world, some wrong religious thoughts. And you know what? Jesus is more interested in relationship than religion. He doesn't care the background. He doesn't care the story. He doesn't care about a, a Trent memory who's just about to die. Somebody calls out to him and he says, I'll save you. I'll come into your world. I'll be with you. I'll stick closer with you than a brother. And, and here's the thing. If you ask Trent today, he won't understand the journey. But he's glad he's arrived at where he is today. He's glad that he met with a good and loving Savior that never left him nor forsake. And I've got to tell you, his testimony today is a powerful testimony because of what he walked through. Given the choice, he probably wouldn't walk through it again. But the reason he sees people saved today, the reason he sees people set free of, of drug addiction and, and, and releases healings into people is because he walked the journey. The truth about following Jesus is not always comfortable. It's not always clean. It's not always easy. Yeah. But with God, all yeah. things are possible. Yeah. Amen. It says in Matthew 7, verse 1, Judge not that you not be judged. For with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. I, as the church, as Christians, believers in Jesus Christ, we need to make sure that we're not quick to judge, but rather that we're quick to extend grace. People are hurting. There's people in Noosa. There's people in Tawantan. People in Dunan. People in Pomona. People in Kinkin. There's people that are hurting that need grace, not judgment. And, and, and we want to take people on a journey towards Jesus. Jesus, like Melissa said, let's get people into this place. God will do the rest. By his spirit, he will walk, work on people. And he'll, he'll show people where things are a little messed up and he'll help them get on track. The journey may be long. It may be winding, but with God, it works. And uh, like I said, God has uh, no favorites. And he is no respecter of persons. And he wants all people to receive eternal life. Can I encourage you? Bring someone to church. Talk to a neighbor. Talk to a friend. Talk to somebody at your place of work. Talk to them about Jesus. Let them realize that the difference in you and your life is Jesus. The life that you have, the energy that you have, the joy that you have, it's Jesus. Uh, the vision that you have for tomorrow that gets you through today is Jesus. I keep overcoming. I keep living in victory because of Jesus. Not because it's, it's me and I'm on some go-go juice. It's, it's, it's Jesus. And I love it. Amen? Amen? Three, following Jesus, and this just keeps getting better. Is this all right? I'm feeling a little naughty this morning. I feel like I've been away surfing and sunning myself last Sunday, so I should just come and have a go this week. Following Jesus will cost you something. It really will. But I'm just going to weigh it up. I'm willing to pay the cost. My kids going to soccer costs something. 
my, you know, and they want to be soccer players. I've got I to pay for the boots. I've got to pay for the... It costs something to do whatever we want. Whatever we're passionate about in life costs us something. But the payback for doing life in God is immeasurable. There's no ceiling over your life when you do life with Christ. And I love that. It says here in Matthew 10, 39, whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. We have to lose ourselves in God. We have to lose ourselves in His plans and His purposes for our life. We can't hold on to the old. We can't hold on to what we've known and wanted in the past because what God has for our future is, exceeds that and is far better than that anyway. And I love what it says in Ephesians 3.20, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine, to Him be the glory. Do you know, God wants to do exceedingly abundantly more. He's not the eternal killjoy. He's not, he hasn't come into your world to minimize your world, to set a whole lot of rules and regulations around you. He came to set you free. It says the reason the son, you know, son of Man came was to seek and to save that which was lost. We were lost, walking a path we didn't know. We were, we were getting called in directions that we didn't understand, and we just traveled along. He wants to give you life, an abundant life, a big life. It will cost you something, but you will also see the benefit of walking in Him. It says in Luke 9, 23, it says, Then he said to the crowd, If anyone wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. You try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it, but if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What benefit does it gain if, if you gain the whole world but lose yourself, lost or destroyed? Yeah. Another, another version says, What does it benefit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Right. What, what does it matter? If I, can, if I get everything wealth and riches, but I lose my eternity with Christ. What is it? I've got to lay down my life. And I want to encourage you, it says, take up your cross daily. It's a daily dying to self. It's a daily dying to my own desires and my own selfish ways. And that's what the Word says. If you want to follow me, you've got to die to your selfish desires and follow me. Okay. Matthew 19, start at 16. Now, I might get the band to come back up. It says, Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, the man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? And Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all of your possessions, give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. What I've found in life is what I can't release actually has more of a hold on me than I have on it. And this isn't about, I want you to give more, and I want you to, I'm not talking about that. Well, I want us to have an attitude of, God, I'm going to lay down for you anything you call me to lay down. I'm going to release to you anything that you ask of me. See, because this was a good man. We think this guy's a sinner. This young man is a sinner that's, that's not in God's will and not, not in God's ways. But it says, what, what, are, what are the commandments? He says, I've done every one of those since I was young. But something had a hold of him. And God doesn't want 95% of us. He wants 100% submitted to him. He wants us to lay down our lives totally and completely for him so that he can lift us. If you, if you lose your life for me, you will find it. Because God resurrects. The things that, you know, when we die to self, we start to live in Christ. 
We start to live a new life. We start to live. The Bible says anybody that is in Christ is a new creation. That the old has gone and the new has come. Because God is faithful to his word. When we do something for God and in God, he meets us at that place. He takes a hold of it. He, he breaks it. He multiplies it. And he gives it back again in, in the form and the shape that he wants it to be. I think about the disciples. Fishermen walking the shores of Galilee. He says, come follow me. It says that they, they left their nets. They left their livelihoods. They left their past to enter into their future. It costs something. But the price we pay is worth it to walk into the call of God. The last thing is this. It's totally worth it because it completes you. If you follow Jesus, it may not always be easy. There will be twists and turns. You will walk through challenges. But it's totally worth it because you have the, the King of glory living with you, doing life alongside of you, not as a, an add-on, not as a lucky rabbit's foot or that genie in a bottle, but as a faithful companion. I love what it says in Proverbs 15, verse 3. The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both good, the evil and the good. Verse 9. The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue godliness. Whoever abandons the right path will be uh, severely disciplined. Whoever hates cor cor correction will die. Verse 24. The path of, li of life leads upwards for the wise. They leave the gra grave behind. I love that. The, the, the path of life, there's, there's another version that says the way of the righteous winds upwards. Following Jesus is so worth it because our lives wind upwards towards perfection in him. Verse 33, the fear of the Lord teaches wisdom and humility precedes honor. There's another version of that that says uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. God wants to pour down wisdom upon our lives so that we know what to do and when to do it, where to go and what to say the path to walk and the path to leave behind. God, is, it is so worth following Jesus. Not only do we get eternity, not only do we get salvation, but when we walk for him, we get vision that surpasses anything that we could dream. It says, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. You know, and, and you will have heard it said many times, when God's asking something of you, it's not to take from you, it's to grow you so that you have a bigger capacity to, to contain and hold all that he has for you. Amen. Why don't we just close our eyes this morning? Lord, we just love you. You're amazing. You're gracious and merciful, God. You're, you're our faithful companion that walks through life with us. And God, front to back, side to side, we've all walked a different path, a different journey, faced different challenges, storms and trials, but you've got us through them all. And God, I thank you this morning that this word will come alive in us. Not always comfortable, not always convenient, it costs me something, but God, I'm willing to walk the path that you have for me because you are a faithful God. Father, I pray that your word would come alive in each of us this week, that faith would burst up on the inside of us, that God, we would look you square in the face, going, God, what adventure do you have for me this week? Where are we going? What are we doing? I know you're with me and I'm grateful for it. Father, let miracles go before every person here this morning. Lord, every person that's burdened, struggling, challenged that Lord God you would be with them this week that freedom would come I love your word it says he who the sun sets free is free indeed and I declare total freedom over every single person sitting before me this morning in Jesus mighty and wonderful name and everybody said come on let's give God a mighty hand clap this morning
Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.